0: There may be no town in America that is as unique as Kiryas Joel, New York. About an hour drive away from New York City sits this village of 20,000 people. The vast majority of Kiryas Joel residents are Hasidic ultra-Orthodox Jews, and over 91% of its residents speak Yiddish. Signs and billboards within the town are also written in either Yiddish or Hebrew, and visitors to Kiryas Joel are asked to abide by the town's rules, which include wearing modest clothing, maintaining gender separation, and refraining from using profane language. The average household in Kiryas Joel has six family members living in it, and the median age of Kiryas Joel residents is 13.2 years old, the youngest in the country. The village also has by far the highest poverty rate in the country. Over two-thirds of Kiryas Joel residents live below the federal poverty line, and 40% are on food stamps. The median income per capita in the town is slightly less than $5,000. But Kiryas Joel holds yet another record for American towns. It has the highest concentration of Hungarian-Americans at 18.9%. How so many Hungarians made their way to Kyrios Joel isn't a mystery. It's also not a mystery how so many Hungarians made their way to towns like Fairport Harbor, Ohio, which has a 14% Hungarian-American population, and New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is widely considered the epicenter of Hungarian-American culture. Many Americans of Hungarian descent know exactly why their families came to America. Following the Hungarian Revolution of 1956, over 200,000 people fled from Hungary. Approximately 40% of them came to the United States. From this large wave of immigrants grew one of the most distinct European diaspora groups in the U.S., and today, over 1.3 million Americans report Hungarian ancestry. The Hungarian Revolution itself is a fascinating chapter of history. Not only was it the first revolt against the Soviet Union's political influence since the end of World War II, but it was also not entirely fought with soldiers and guns. In one of the most bizarre events in the history of the Olympic Games, the revolution found its way into one fateful water polo game at the 1956 Summer Olympics. I'm going to tell you all about it, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 15th episode of this podcast, and I'm glad you've decided to listen to this episode. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber SodakZak. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. First, I think it's necessary to give some background information about the Hungarian Revolution. So, during World War II, Hungary was a member of the Axis Powers. Following the end of the war, the Axis Powers were dissolved and Hungary was occupied by the Soviet Union. The Soviet sphere of influence, which had also extended to countries like East Germany, Poland, Romania, and Czechoslovakia became present in hungary as well while the soviet union briefly put a multi-party democratic government in place in hungary they secretly supported the hungarian communist party in 1949 the communist party was merged with the social democratic party to form the hungarian working people's party this put an end to democracy in hungary and the people's republic of hungary was established Massive purges by the Hungarian secret police took place against supposed dissidents, and many of them were either sent to labor camps in Siberia or executed. Almost all private property was seized, and quality of life in Hungary drastically declined. After Joseph Stalin's death in 1953, Prime Minister Matias Rakosi was replaced by Imre Nagy, nage was an outspoken supporter of reform and this did not sit well with soviet premier nikita khrushchev as Rakozy was still the general secretary of the working people's party khrushchev ordered him to remove nage from office this outraged many hungarian dissidents And on October 21, 1956, a crowd of Nagy's supporters toppled a 30-foot-high statue of Stalin in Budapest. Hungarian secret police opened fire into the crowd, killing many of them. And with this, the Hungarian Revolution began. Around the same time, the city of Melbourne, Australia was in the midst of the 1956 Summer Olympics. Due to construction delays, several events had to be postponed in November. One of these events was the Water Polo Championship. The Water Polo Championship went smoothly at first. In the group stage, 10 participating nations were whittled down to 6 finalists. Germany, Italy, the United States, Yugoslavia, and most importantly, Hungary and the Soviet Union. These nations would play a match against each of the teams which they hadn't played in their group. On December 1st, the final round began as the Soviet Union beat Italy 3-2 and Yugoslavia beat the US 5-1. On December 3rd, the U.S. beat Germany 4-3, and Hungary shut out Italy 4-0. On December 4th, Yugoslavia and Germany tied 2-2, while Italy narrowly defeated the U.S. 3-2. On December 5th, the Soviet Union beat the U.S. 3-1, and Hungary had another shutout, beating Germany 4-0. Now, for reference, in the Olympics, a win is worth 2 points, a draw is worth 1 point, and a loss is worth 0 points. At this point, the United States and Germany, with 2 and 1 points respectively, were essentially eliminated from contention. Hungary led with 6 points, followed by Yugoslavia with 5 points, followed by the Soviet Union and Italy with 4 points each. Hungary was set to play against the Soviet Union the next day, and Italy was matched up with Yugoslavia. A win for any of the four nations could put them in first place. Due to the ongoing Hungarian Revolution, tensions were obviously very high between Hungary and the Soviet Union, however, nobody could have predicted what would happen the next day. I'd like to take a moment to thank one of the sponsors of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you do not know about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make your own podcast. Anchor gives you all the tools you need to record, edit, and publish a podcast about anything you're passionate about, whether it's sports, cooking, art, politics obscure historical events or anything else you also don't need to have to go through the long and potentially expensive process of distributing your podcast as anchor automatically publishes it to apple podcasts spotify and others you can podcast from the comfort of your couch so long as you have a computer or phone with you you can easily make money through podcasting without having to seek out sponsors yourself since anchor gives them to you and the best part is it's free. You don't have to spend a penny. If you want to make your own podcast, go to Anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app on iOS or Android to get started. For Hungary, the water polo match against the Soviet Union was about more than just the tournament. In the words of Hungarian water polo player Ervin Zador, We felt we were playing not just for ourselves, but for our whole country. Thousands of Hungarian expats in Australia showed up for the match, seeking revenge against the nation that had invaded their homeland. Needless to say, the arena was very tense. On top of this, many of the Hungarian spectators had just watched the light middleweight boxing final, in which Hungarian boxer Latzlo Pop defeated American boxer Jose Torres to win the gold medal. So yeah, they were pretty excited. The Hungarian water polo team had devised a plan to taunt the Soviet players by speaking Russian. The match began at 3.25 p.m. on December 6th, 1956, and while it was extremely violent and dirty, it was actually very one-sided. The Hungarians' team scored four goals during the match, and the Soviets scored one. One minute before the end of the match, Ervin Zador was told by the Hungarian coach to cover Soviet player Valentin Prokopov. When a dubious call was made, Zador briefly took his eyes off of Prokopov to look at the referee. A few minutes later, Prokopov threw a punch that hit Zador in his right eye. Bleeding from a gash below his eye, Zador left the pool, and the outraged Hungarian spectators began cursing at and spitting on the Russian players. Australian police had to be called in to prevent a riot from starting. There were reports that the pool had turned red with blood due to the violent nature of the match, leading many to call it the the blood-in-the-water match. Ultimately, as Hungary was winning at the time, and the Soviets instigated the fight, the International Olympic Committee awarded Hungary a 4-0 win, their third shutout win in the tournament. Later that night, Yugoslavia beat Italy 2-1, and the next day, Hungary defeated Yugoslavia 2-1, winning the gold medal for water polo. While the 1956 Olympic water polo tournament was a huge win for Hungary, things weren't going so well back at home. Almost 7,000 people, including 3,000 civilians, died in the Hungarian Revolution. The revolution was crushed by the Red Army, and by the end of 1956, almost all of the Hungarian rebels were captured and executed. Many members of the Hungarian water polo team defected to Western nations as they couldn't bear to live in Soviet-occupied Hungary anymore. Ervin Zador, who became a hero in Hungary due to a famous image of him bleeding from his eye next to the pool, moved to Linden, California. There, he coached water polo, and he even trained American swimmer Mark Spitz. Zador died in 2012, and two of his children continue to coach water polo to this day. As for the the blood-in-the-water match, it is rightly remembered as one of the greatest triumphs in the history of the Olympic Games. In 2006, while producing a documentary about the match, Quentin Tarantino called it the best untold story ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I've wanted to do a sports-related episode for a while, and this was the perfect topic for it. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm historiaobscura Historia Obscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and become a patron. And of course, I cannot go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.